The scripture this morning is from Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you, ta- and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be Thanks to God. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Vivi. Well, it is Confirmation Sunday. This is always a fun uh, Sunday, and it's always a reminder. You know, part of the rite of passage is we all participate in a rite of passage. And uh, one of the things I always try to remind us is that one of the most important parts of a rite of passage and the most difficult part of the rite of passage is the community changing how we see the individuals who go through the rite of passage. That no longer are these kids or youth who are to be uh, set aside in their own space, but as they're confirmed and own the membership vows for themselves, they are part of this body of Christ uh, and brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? Amen. So, um, uh, each class, except for a couple, because I forgot, you know, but each class we would open up just with the reminders of why we do confirmation. And I will do that this morning as well. And you can, you can say them if you remember them, you remember them. Uh, but each week I remind that we have two purposes. Purpi. Is that a word? Um, owning your faith. Confirmation is owning your faith. It's your faith. Uh, we say this over and over again. No one walks through faith alone, but no one can walk for you. It's your faith. And secondly, confirmation is owning your membership, owning your church membership for yourself. You will own those vows for yourself. And we hope, we hope you will take those vows and take them very seriously and take them to heart. Okay? And for this morning, as we, in the scripture passage, we know, we hear and we see that confirmation is a journey of grace. Uh, Being a Christian, being a follower of Jesus is a journey of grace. So just a reminder, grace is God's favor toward us while we were yet sinners. Because of grace, we experience God's love, God's forgiveness, God's patience, God's correction, God's loving conviction of sin. And God's grace is, is a characteristic of God's holiness. It's who God is. Part of God's character is to be graceful. Okay? Uh, throughout our time together, we used images of art. You used to put these up on the screen. Um, I am a son of an art teacher, of an artist, and so I can't help it. I think in terms of images and graphics, I can't, I can't help it. And so we used, one of the images we used this, this, this year this fall was the famous Return of the Prodigal Son, painting by Rembrandt. There it is. Uh, and it is a beautiful picture that captures a moment of compassion and grace as the father embraces the son upon his return. It's a reminder to us that we are saved, we are made new by God's grace, and we are transformed by God's grace. You know what, we even believe that before we even have the ability to even know we exist, even before we have the ability 
to know what to do, God's grace is working on us. Remember what, remember what John Wesley called it? Provenient grace. As a people called Methodists, we say that everything, everything is by grace, not by the power of our own works. Paul makes that very clear in our scripture passage that Vivi just read. In fact, a little secret, Bruce and I messed up the service already this morning. He, he went out of order. I messed up the liturgy. We need God's grace because we can't even do things that are on paper <laughs> in black and white, right? So, so again, so truly knowing what God's grace, we believe that God's grace has been extended to every person, every person past, present, and future as a gift to love and to trust. And that truly knowing God and being with God is possible for all people because of grace. And we also believe that because of grace, that salvation is a gift. And like all gifts, it can be rejected. So confirmands, this morning, you come in God's grace to respond to God's grace in order to be, and we use this word a lot on the retreat, to be vessels of grace in your home, your church, your school, your community, and beyond. And this brings us to verse 10. Uh, verse 10. In our translation that Vivi read uh, earlier, we read that we are God's masterpiece. The word says he created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he's planned for us long ago. What this means is we are God's intentional, this is cool, we are God's intentional, creative work with gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us to be part of this congregation. As individuals, we're masterpieces, and as a congregation, we're a masterpiece. As the word says, we are God's workmanship. We are God's masterpiece. So you are God's masterpiece, the work of God. You are owning your walk with Jesus. That's just what this is this morning. You're owning your walk. You're owning your role in the church. And as vessels of grace, you're called, <clears throat> excuse me, you're called to use your gifts for the work of the kingdom. So one of the other images we used, which is one of my favorite paintings, it's in Chicago. Uh, we use this at George Surratt. I don't speak French, so it's like Sunday on La Grande Jate. I don't know how you say it. Um, Sunday afternoon in a park, that's what I always say. Um, and for this masterpiece, this work of art, we talked about how the pointillism style is like hundreds and hundreds and thousands of little dots, all right? Do y'all remember what we, what we said about this? That it's the pointillism style that represents the church. How each small dot is intentional and important and is crucial to the overall painting. Just like each one of us and the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given us. But here's the deal, as we start thinking about it, seeing myself and the church, seeing you as a masterpiece raises some questions, in my mind at least, raises some questions. I have to ask myself, a masterpiece, me, really? Our church, really, a masterpiece? He sees us, right? Um, for this, I want to share a quick story. Now, this is about 16 years ago. 
Uh, I went on a trip. So my mom and my brother flew over to Paris to meet up with my sister. She was doing a, a study abroad in the Netherlands. She met us in Paris. We met her in Paris. And so, of course, when you're in Paris and you're into art, where do you go? You go to the Louvre or the Louvre. I don't know how to say it. Doesn't matter. We went to the Louvre. And let me tell you a little secret. When the Ingrams go travel, we are on a mission and a purpose. It's not a vacation. We were up at 6 a.m. We left our place at 7.15. We were, we were at the Louvre by 7.30. It didn't open until 8. We were second in line. So we sat there for 30 minutes to wait to get in that museum. When it, when it opened, we made a beeline for, can you guess? Hmm? The Mona Lisa room. We made a beeline for the Mona Lisa room. We were passing just magnificent works of art. We were down, just down the corridor, each corridor. If it had been a movie, you'd have that upbeat tempo. That dun, 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 dun. As we were walking through, just steadily beeline for the Mona Lisa room. And we walked in the Mona Lisa room. And if any of y'all, who's, who's been to the Louvre? And I'm not making this up. We walked in because we went straight there. We walked in. We were the only people in the Mona Lisa room except for the guards. And we walked directly up to the painting. And I got to be honest with you. It was very anticlimactic. <laughs> it's a little painting, 25 inches by 30 inches. And it's really nothing to write home about. In fact, as I was sitting there, this sound came into my mind as I was watching it. Hit that. I was like, I was like, that's it. And I remember thinking, I looked at it for a minute and I remember thinking, I'm, I'm gonna go find the Hammurabi code and the rest of the ancient Near Eastern stuff and look at the cool stuff. But you know what, I, I, I couldn't let it go. I had to look into it. what made this little painting. So it, it's arguably the most famous painting in the world. And I looked into it, it wasn't the size and it wasn't the impressive nature that made it famous. But it's the fact that it was painted by Leonardo da Vinci and it represented an entirely new way, a revolutionized way of painting. I don't know if you knew that or not. The methods he used, the strokes he made, the way he did it, it was new techniques and it completely revolutionized uh, painting from that point on. And it's something that can look so normal ho-hum, anticlimactic, is actually revolutionary because of the one who created it. I think this is an amazing metaphor for us as the masterpiece of God. Because here's the reality. Confirmands, church, I know for me, you may look in the mirror each morning and you're thinking, how can God call me his masterpiece? Let's be honest, God knows. He knows my actions, he knows your actions, he knows our thoughts. He knows our deepest, darkest moments. He knows our addictions. He knows what goes through our mind every day. Think about us as a church, any church for that matter. The squabbling, the gossiping, the non-commitment, the fact that churches hurt people. You know, many of us have the scars from past churches, maybe this church. 
It's a reality. In fact, for many of us, for us and the church as masterpieces, that tune comes back in our heads, that wah, wah, wah. It's like, but here's the deal. This is a fact that we share. We share this reality with every other human organization in the world. Every other human organization in the world you go to deals with the same struggles. But there's another reality is that we're not merely a human organization. The unique thing about the body of Christ and about the followers of Christ is grace. The presence of Christ through his Holy Spirit transforming us and making us into something new. Amen? As imperfect as we are, we are the ongoing work, a masterpiece, let's use that word, a masterpiece of God's grace in this world. It is who we're becoming as the body of Jesus in the world. That is the masterpiece. That is the work of God. In other words, we have a different purpose and a different reality, and it's revolutionary. Uh, some may look at you. Some may look at us and say, that's it. Kind of like I looked at the Mona Lisa. But we know the truth. We know what lies behind. It's our faith and our salvation that is the masterpiece the ongoing work of God in the world and that we as his partners get the privilege and the calling to be vessels of his grace in the world. So you will go from here as masterpieces. We're masterpieces of God, a work in progress, yes, but masterpieces nonetheless to be the vessels of grace. So confirmands, and as they come forward, we experience the same thing. As you come forward to profess your faith, as we lay hands on you to confirm the work of the Holy Spirit in your young lives, you are taking on the commitment to be part of this imperfect yet called out masterpiece that God is continuing to work on and transforming. So you come by grace, you profess your faith and your commitment to grow in grace, and you go from here to be the vessels of God's grace in the world. So your faith and your walk with Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit are the masterpiece of God. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And the church says, amen. amen.